0: Watch this. wake up to reality, reality reality
1: all right welcome to reality tonic I am your host Spencer alongside with my co-host Rob Rob how are you? good how are you very good very excited do you want to know why i'm
2: excited yes please tell me
1: we are officially global do you know what i'm talking about (laughs) because we're (laughs) you know when we do our thing we're in the u.s right usually all of our guests are all around the country we were nationwide but now we're global because our next guest rami bueller who is a holistic animal health coach is joining us from australia do you believe that rob I can't believe it. It's a a world away. Okay, so Rami's here. Rami, how are you?
3: I'm excellent. Better now I'm here.
1: That's right. So where you are, what time is it right now?
3: It is 11.05 a.m. I'm on the east coast of Australia in Brisbane. Wow. Wow.
1: So this is the real deal. probably means
3: nothing to you, but it's it's kind of subtropics. Pretty nice.
1: What this means to me is it's amazing how it's 9 p.m. Thursday here and it's 11 a.m. Friday there.
3: I know. I know. It's it's a hard one to get your head around.
1: Yes. Now, your accent to us stands out. It's exciting. I mentioned before, you, you sound very smart already. What do we <laughs> sound like to you? Like
3: knuckleheads? No, no, not at all. In fact, I would think that you sound smarter than us. The Australian really? accent for me is just like fingernails on a blackboard. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Off. When off we hear us. ourselves, it's like, ugh.
1: Really? Oh, See, for us, God. you could say you could say anything. You could insult me. I'd be like, "She's just so classy, and she gets it." <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So, well, thank you for joining us. Now, I mentioned, you know, you're a holistic animal health coach. What does that mean for people listening?
3: I know that's a That's a, like a whole lot of words, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and the important part on on all of that, I guess, is the holistic part because I'm not a great follower of uh, Western medicine for people or animals. So um, it's important for for people to, to know that the way that I um, speak to animals and the way that I care for them is very holistic. So that's why that bit's there. An animal health coach, I could have just done that. But um, so basically I am a mixture of things. I'm an animal communicator, which means I talk to animals. I talk to animals using their language, um, which you know we can come into shortly. Um, And I do energy work on them to help them either heal an injury or an emotional or a physical issue that's going on or just to make them feel good coming into that time where they're passing. And uh, I help uh, find missing animals through intuition and I'm a medical intuitive. So I scan the body and the organs and have a look and see When an animal's been to vet after vet after vet and there's no resolution, I try and help with that. So I'm a bit of all of that. And then we just kind of, you know, I have clients that I've been seeing for years that are constantly coming back with sort of new issues or the same issue that we just need to kind of keep working on, keep talking to them, keep finding ways to actually solve whatever the problem is.
1: Wow. So when did you realize you were cooler than everybody else?
3: (laughs) Oh, no, I am so cool. Um, thanks for reminding me. Yes. Um, look, I've been intuitive for people forever, you know, in, in different ways. And my husband had terminal cancer diagnosis, maybe 11 years ago now. And I thought, so he gave up work pretty much straight away. Oh, he went and bought a gym because that's what you do when you have eight months to live. Um, so I thought, We've got a dog with anxiety. Uh, he's got nothing much to do. I reckon he'd be really good at this because he's kind of the next best thing to the Dalai Lama and he would be really good at it. So I collected all this information back when there were DVDs and, and you know, you'd buy normal books uh, from a bookstore and collecting Google articles and whatnot and I'm just kind of shuffling them over saying, you know, sort Kenny out because, you know, he he's got issues and we need to fix that. And he's going, yeah, 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 that's really interesting. But yeah, you read it and you just tell me what happens, not realizing that, of course, all of that drive and interest and fascination was for myself. Because as Facebook happens, um, back sort of in the early days of Facebook, I guess, it popped up on my feed, an animal communicator from Australia, and she was running a mentoring program. And I thought, oh, I don't even know what that is. Let's do that. Um, And so I signed up with her. And she's given me this test. So she said, I'm going to um, send over images to you of some of my clients and I want you to tell me what, what you get. And I've got I don't even know what that means. So I'm sitting there on the end of the phone with my feet up on the desk and it's going, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I felt like I was doing a school exam and I was about to fail And then all of a sudden, all of this information just comes through. There was actually a guy that she had, and it will stick with me for a long time, but there was a guy that she had and she'd been treating him for quite some time. And she's sort of telepathy is just kind of sending information through images, through words, thoughts, feelings, taste or smell. And so she was sending over images to me and I'm sitting there feeling really dumb. You think Australians are smart. I was feeling really Mm -hmm. dumb that day. And then all of a sudden, I just, everything just kind of came in and I see this blood kind of swirling at his throat. And I'm feeling like, you know, he's I said to, her, oh, he's 42. He's from the Gold Coast. He's a surfer. I was getting this image of him with his wetsuit down to his hips and his surfboard under his arm. And, uh, you know, there's blood in his throat. So I don't know, let's say cancer, just because that sounds like a good thing. And, um, and she said, what does he need to help him? And I just got in in my inner vision this scripted word of love. And I said, I think he just needs a big hug. I think he's physically okay. I just think he needs a bit of love. And so it was. It was his name was Ray. He was 42. He was from the Gold Coast. He was a surfer. He'd been coming back from a nightclub three years prior and he got stabbed in the back of the neck and it came through here, which is kind of where I saw this image of swirling. Now, when blood. you say
1: through here for our listeners, you're talking the throat like oh, in the yeah. front. So it went from the back.
3: Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. sorry, yeah, um, from the back of the neck and it came through into the front of the throat there, down the base, top of the sternum. And um, and so I was, I was riveted then. It's like, man, this is really good. Like I knew I was intuitive, but not this way. And so then, you know, of course, she's given me a whole lot of animals. And then she said, righto, off you go. Get yourself a Facebook page and do it. So I did. And so, and from that day forth, I've just not stopped.
1: Wow. Wow! Okay. So yeah. we communicate with animals before you did it, but you, you, as time went on and in your, in your meeting with other experts in the field, this is something we can acquire this. Like Rob and I can go out and do this. This is something that you can learn.
3: 100%. Everybody wow. is intuitive. And that's, that's what I say to everyone. You know, we're born with this. It's not some kind, I don't. it's not a gift. It's not some kind of strange talent I picked up off the sidewalk. It's it's innate within us. So we are born that way and we're kind of quite good at it as a kid. And then whatever happens, you know, school happens and we get a little bit more analytical. That's a big problem. We sort of lose touch with our sense of knowing and all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It's something that I I run courses on animal communication for and intuitive development just in general.
1: So when you talk to animals, You can talk, you can have a conversation with animals? Yes. What does it sound like? Is there a particular voice? Like, I don't know if you've seen Homeward Bound, right? If you get the older dog, right? I haven't, no. Does he sound like an old man? Yeah, so basically it's dogs and then they have human voices and they're telling the story, right? So, I mean, realistically, it's just dogs running around doing cool stuff, but they have (laughs) audio tracks and you're following the story. Does an animal, when they speak to you, sound like how a human or like a grown man or a grown woman is speaking to you?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You just reminded me, I'm going to come into that in a sec. You just reminded me there was a Dr. Doolittle clip on YouTube that I looked at once and I thought, I want to actually see what that animal is. I was a little monkey. I think I want to see what that monkey's actually saying while Mm. they're doing the voiceover of that, that animal. And it wasn't the same. (laughs) Um, So yeah, they do. They're all unique, you know, and they, they have their voices, they have their personalities and, when we have pets in our lives you know different to wild animals of course but when we have domesticated animals um, around us we can kind of figure out how they would sound and you know just because we get to know them really well so yeah they do they have their male or female voice they've got the fast you know the the you know high speed language they use their own words sometimes because sometimes I I can't think of any off the top of my head but Sometimes I'll have a conversation with one and I'll think, oh, that's not how I speak. Okay, well, we'll just kind of, when I have a client, which is usually on Zoom, um, I'll just say what they've said. So they have their own kind of words and their own personality and their own pace and their own tone yeah.
1: So you mean to tell me if I have a cat that just popped up behind me and he's just doing his thing and you know he does a standard headbutt and then has the tail go across my face, all that nutty stuff. You know yeah. what he like he's saying something and you know what he's saying?
3: He's possibly saying something, but I could have a conversation with him. Wow. I could ask him questions.
1: Would it look like, like let's say it was on I'm watching this whole thing, if he does he look at you and talk, or will he still could he still just be doing his thing and having a conversation with you?
3: Yeah, no, he he'll still be doing his thing, and often you know because I have clients all over the world, and they'll say, "Oh, do I need to have my horse there? I don't know if I've got reception out there in the paddock," and uh, yeah. or you know my dog, and so you know it doesn't matter because what happens is you'll be talking to a dog, say, and you'll see them on the lounge there, and they'll just be licking their bum or something like yeah. that, and, and then they'll wander off, not interested one little bit, but I'm still communicating with them, and then on the odd occasion especially with cats, they know, hypersensitive, they know stuff's going on and they will come in from afar. You won't mm-hmm. be seeing them for hours and then I'll sort of tune in and have a chat with them, with their parent, um, human parent, and they'll just appear.
1: So you, just so I have this correct, I tell you, Hey, listen, I got this horse acting, acting a little weird. I don't know what's going on. I have no reception. Can't, I can't show you the horse. You you know you how do how do you zone out on my particular horse and know what my horse is saying from across the what, world. Happen,
3: what happens first up you know well I have a website and people book but they attach a photo yeah. of their okay. horse with the with the name and the sex and I don't actually need need that per se I could probably just talk to your cat now if you actually have one but. Um, <laughs> I don't this is really, just cool.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I know it is, isn't it? I, st- I st- still blows me away that I get to do this, um, but it's just sometimes if there's a lot of animals in a house, or or there's animals kind of in spirit world and th- and they're vying for attention, then to know their sex and their age can kind of separate them a little bit so you can know who you're talking to. Okay. Because sometimes you know if I've if I've spoken to someone and they've got a house full of animals. And I'm describing a personality or something like that, and they go, "Oh no, that's really Felix. You know, that's that's not Roger." Um, but it may be that I am actually reading the wrong animal, because okay. they're all, you know, there's one wants to get in. There's usually a spokesperson for a group.
1: Really? So, now, would that spokesperson be like the alpha animal in the house, or could the spokesperson be one of my goldfish in the tank? Yeah. Compared to if I have a dog or a cat yeah. and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, yeah. It could whoever whoever <laughs> has something to say, whoever's loud and you know, forthright, they'll get in first. Okay. Um, So the reserved ones often stay back and the loud ones will come forward, but you can talk to them individually.
0: Uh,
1: Rob,
2: you you wanted to ask something. Well, I'm curious, you know, you said that you talk to animals that are all over the world. So like if there's a horse in Japan, it speaks English, doesn't, you know, speak Japanese or anything like that, or just find that, you know, they all speak English.
3: That's a great question. And actually, um, it has, you know, the way that sort of the intuitive side works is it has to be shown to you in a way that you understand. Mm. And so um, it has to be English because I'm not actually that smart. That's the only language (laughs) I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I'm not observing body language. So if they were trying to show me something, and and I don't really have them with me most of the time anyway, it's just an image. Um, So, no, English for me. But if you were Spanish and that's the only language language you spoke, you know, they would communicate with you in that way. But often too, so I'm fortunate, I guess, that I have all of the senses pretty honed, um, probably because I do missing animals and stuff. But um, so it'll be shown to me, I'll get an image which is not a language. So I'll get an image running through, which might be a still image or it might be like a video screen running, and then I'll get a feeling. So oh, yeah, something's not right here. He's not feeling well, or I might feel I might start coughing. Okay, what's going on? There might be something going on in the throat or the digestive system if I feel sick. So, again, that's not really languages. But Mm -hmm. the, the clear audience, which is clear hearing is what that means, um, that obviously has to be English because that's, that's my language. And that might drop in as a word or a paragraph or a sentence or something like that.
0: Yeah. Now
1: when you're walking, let's say you're walking downtown or whatever, I hear some birds chirping. I hear people talking, you know, it's just like obviously outdoor noises and stuff like that. Are you just hearing a bunch of animals just talking and like doing wild stuff? Like you, that's part of what you're hearing all the time. Or is it something that you can, you know, kind of focus in on and, channel that
3: yeah that sometimes uh sometimes I'll hear it just because it's loud uh, even though I'm not kind of looking for it sometimes I usually have my door closed I've got my sign out in, intuitive sign out saying i'm not open for business otherwise you'd just be like people as well like you know it's the same for people and and animals I'd be very busy and it can take quite a bit of energy so when I'm walking down the street unless I want to talk to an animal most of the time i'm just you know off doing human things but i used to live on the other side of australia and we were backed up into a national park and i used to go for a walk around there and um i'd go down this little track it was this particular day i was going down this track and this parrot just comes screaming past my face he's like get out of the way lady and like like that's what you
1: hear though seriously like
3: yeah, yeah. You, you don't wow. sense that
1: because I could sense that, right? Be like, okay, whoa, oh, holy moly, right? But you hear, get out of the way, lady.
3: Yeah, that, that's exactly what I heard. Wow. And um, and then over here is a kangaroo, and so this kangaroo, there's quite a few of them actually, but there was one that stopped and looked at me, and I stopped, and I and this particular time, I actually connected with him, so he wasn't talking to me, and I just heard it. Um, I tuned into him and just tried to connect and i said he was really grumpy too i said to him where are you off to and he said the tree and i said oh you know we're in a national park like what what tree and he's like eye rolling is the tree the tree we always go to and he's kind of just and he's just bounced bounced off so so so
1: um, now when you're are you talking to them like verbally or is it all
3: no it's all from here
1: Okay, from you. Yeah. Okay. If, so if I wouldn't be it. like that lady's talking to a, a freaking kangaroo. I would have no idea, right? I would just think no. you're looking at them. Okay. <laughs>
3: yeah. No, but some, because they're very, you know, animals are really funny. And sometimes I just like, <laughs> I'll just laugh out loud. And, you know, while I'm by myself walking down the park yeah. with the dog, um, it's because someone's done something funny or said something funny.
1: Do animals make fun of other people? Like Rob, he's obviously a goofball as far as <laughs> in, in human life. It's like, yeah. what's going on here, right? Will a kangaroo <laughs> be like, wow, that kid's a mess? Like, do they make fun of him with you and stuff? Or are they just, are they judgment-free?
3: Oh, look, they're pretty, yeah. They're very direct, especially wild animals. They say it how it is. Um, so judgment-free. They have a lot to say about their per- their person. You know, there's um all the time they're always talking about their 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 parent and uh you know I had a lady who this this cat that she had didn't like its name so we had to do a name change conversation and um, and she had this so she was in a block of units and down on the ground floor she was up a couple of levels i think I didn't know her or where she was, so I wasn't really not really sure, but she was up. And this cat used to lie on this white blanket and look down out the window at these two neighbors down the bottom, two guys. And um, and this cat is like, she's got to get away from here. These people are evil. They mm-hmm. they're not good company in this block of units. And I said to her, um, this was just an email um chat actually with her. I said to her, Do you have two? you know, sort of 20, 30 year old guys that live downstairs that look a bit dodgy. And she said, yeah, I do, I don't like them. I said, well, your cat who doesn't like its name, um, you got to get out of there. You got to move. She wants you to move. And she did end up moving actually after a while, not because of them, I don't think, but at least be cautious. So and and the cat also said, Mum's high maintenance, she's highly strung and she needs to meditate more. And this is the way she needs to meditate so there's a lot of information that comes through they know exactly what you're doing and i'll tell you a classic a classic example we lived in this house and we had this 74 year old pain in the neck bloke that lived over the back and we didn't really have fences as as such we were were on um, half an acre and he used to jump over our fence line and cut our trees down or kill our trees or, you know, we had a little, little creek and a bridge would be over there and it, he'd be taking the bridge away and say, Murray, what are you doing? Anyway, we had quite um, conflict going on there. But I had we had two dogs and two cats at the time and the cats were all, always over that side and I'd say to them, what's Murray up to? And I said, Murray's down near the bamboo today. You just watch him because he's going to be taking, that, taking the pails off that bridge soon. And sure wow. enough.
1: So, so can you find out if animals aren't like i mean have you ever had when you have a client have you ever had an animal be like i i hate this bitch i want nothing to do with her i want to move out like i'm done like do you have to have that conversation with an owner sometimes
3: i haven't had that one touch wood mm-hmm. um
1: and would yeah. you would you tell the owner would you be like listen your cat hates you <laughs>
3: Yeah, look, with missing animals, people think they just get lost or they get stolen or they're missing for whatever reason. Animals can very often go missing because they don't like the circumstances in the house, you know, like new boyfriends come in or, you know, the kids are terrorists or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. They don't (laughs) like something in the house or they just, they've, you know, they've done their time there, especially cats. You know, cats don't really need company they're not right. group they're not group animals as such so um they leave on purpose and they don't want to be found they're a bit cranky if they do get found but mostly they're quite elusive and, and they will be missing forever but um so there's that kind of thing and in that situation it's really hard and because because what i find is when i get on a roll mm-hmm. i'm just kind of churning out this information and then i think oh shit maybe i shouldn't have said it that way yeah Um, So I've got to real. I'm practicing that part. So (laughs) when you actually relay.
1: So my cat has done a couple overnighters outside, I think three times. And it's, you know, 12 years of living and my cat does not like me. I can tell you, I don't need to even have (laughs) any. You and I don't even even have an email thing back and forth. My cat does not like me infatuated with my wife. Right. But I'm usually, you know, I usually lock up before bed and stuff like that. Maybe I made a couple mistakes where I, I let him out, right? By, I, by mistake. But there's other times where the doors just kind of crack. You know, he had to put some effort in to get outside. When he's gone for 24 hours, you mean to tell me he knows what he's doing? Like he knows he's going to get me in trouble and get my wife all riled up? Because he shows up the next day around 30 in the morning like <laughs> nothing ever happened, right? Does he know there's a chance that he did that on purpose?
3: There's a chance that he went outside on purpose because he wants to be outside. Cats, indoor cats, I mean, I know this is a thing, but they hate it and it's boring for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are built to hunt and chase stuff. And so outside is where that happens. So he probably would have intentionally gone outside because he wanted to be outside, and particularly at night time, because that's the best time. Um, he would have, he would have known the repercussions when it when that happened so if you were getting in trouble he would have been aware that that would have happened but he wouldn't have he he, you know they're not they're not there to create a drama are you sure because my cat creates creates a lot of
1: drama yeah that is human stuff (laughs) um has if, if if i'm trying to my wife again loves the cat i could care less trying to find the cat again accusing me of letting the cat out she's calling his name calling his name calling his name 20 minutes later, he appears somewhere. Is there a chance that he's been hearing her call his name and he just doesn't feel like coming up?
3: Yeah. Wow. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, well, but she's yes. she's not going
1: to like that. Well, she's not going to yeah. like that.
3: Okay. What you can do, what yes. you can do, and, I, and, you know, I do this with mine. Um, I had a cat that I was really very connected to, and I could say to him, walk over the top of the lounge and come down and lie on my chest, and he'd think about it. And then he would do it 99% of the time. Or I'd say, wow. go over there and sit on that thing. And, and I would show him, like I'd, I'd impress the images across into his mind and um, say the words through my mind or out loud. And he was very, you know, we, were, we had a strong connection that we could communicate on that level. His sister, on the other hand, is, is totally different. But he loved to fight and he loved to be outside. And so, you know, his rules were that I want you in by 5 p.m. or I want you in before night and, and I want to see your little face at the back door because we didn't have a cat door at the time. And, um, and if you didn't come in, I would kind of, in shamanic world, they call it shape-shifting, and I do this a lot, especially with um, missing animals and, and the medical intuition, but I kind of become them. You know, if you think that we're all energy and we are all connected, I just kind of become, my energy merges with theirs. And so I'd feel under his feet, like, what's he on? Okay, we've got some dead leaves under there. Okay. All right, what's under his belly? Yeah, a bit of dead leaves and wet sand. And what can I see out of his eyes? Oh, there's the, the limestone bricks. He's out the front sitting on those bricks, looking over to those white cats that lived up there. So I knew where he was. So she could do that. She could just, you know, take a moment, a few deep breaths, close her eyes and just kind of feel herself becoming your cat or her cat because, mm-hmm. you know, if it's her cat um, and then just see if she can feel under her feet or, you know, these are my front paws. What are, What am I feeling here? Is it cold? Is it hot? Is it cement? Is it dirt you know that kind of stuff what can i smell
1: wow wow that's so cool some pretty intense stuff it's the real deal now rob do you have a question because i was gonna switch okay
2: i was curious what you know of all the animals that you've talked to what is like the easiest animal to communicate with or is it just the same sort of thing for any animal
3: look i find no it's not horses i find the easiest they're, they're very clear they're very loud um that's most kind of, of what i would, e- would
2: expect you know like because we humans have r- r- rode horses forever and they could just go and like you know there's so <laughs> much information you know and that just stuff like that so
3: yeah yeah cats and dogs you know they are harder or easier depending on whether they want to talk to you sometimes they don't want to talk to you <laughs> and it's like not yet give me five or yeah. come back tomorrow or something like that. So, um, and then, you know, like humans, you've got two kids, one's really loud and extroverted and the other ones just hides under the bed and really introverted. It's easier to talk to the extrovert animals are the same. They have their personalities where it's easier or harder.
1: So can you talk, Rob, I'm going to steal your question. Cause you know, me and Rob are very excited about this interview. Yeah. Can you talk to insects and stuff? Can you talk to them
3: Yeah.
2: About
3: you can you can talk to absolutely anything. You could talk to a tree. Now I know that's getting a little bit woo woo.
2: No, but, please don't. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, can hold tra- on. you can talk you to can
3: anything.
1: T- you can talk to a tree.
3: Yeah, What's I don't, don't tend to, to. I don't talk to too many trees. I have, um, I have done it just because, and I feel like I can. We've just bought a new house, but we've been looking for. Thank you very much. We've been looking for quite some time. The the market here is horrendous. Like one house goes on the market and 1,000 people are buying it.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Um, But I want to know what sort of land it's on. So I kind of blend with the land under the house. Where I live in this area, there's a lot of um, Aboriginal land. Um, So, you know, I've got a map of where the hangings and the killings were and where the women's area and where the men's area and all that sort of stuff is. So you need to be a little bit careful where you're buying. And because we're in this kind of zone, I particularly wanted to feel the land and say, okay, is this land full of, you know, like water and mud and slush that you're going to have mould issues? Um, is it just, eager you just going to get robbed and have your car stolen and, you know, just trouble all of the time? Um, or is it, you know, going to hold you up and be good be good land, but good property. So
0: mm.
3: it's that kind of stuff. Like I just feel into things okay. and trees, you know, there's a beautiful whatever it is, tree um, up the road here and it's concreted in the middle of a road and it's look. it looks magnificent. And I thought I just want to see how that tree mm. feels about being, you know, there's bitumen or asphalt all around it and there's curbs and and mm. it's a magnificent tree that should be out there in the bush. And this tree feels really unwell. So it might have a short lifespan, perhaps.
1: If I get bit by a tick, okay, we're all surrounding, you get the tweezers, you're pulling it out. Can you be like, hey, get out of there? Like you're you're you could get him sit like and is a tick like ah fuck it. I don't care. I don't (laughs) Like, like do they know they're being nasty?
3: Oh well, they're just doing their job. They just want a part of you.
1: But what does a tick uh, say to you? I mean, or is there? I mean, is there, is there a verbal with that kind of stuff?
3: I yeah, absolutely. You could talk to a tick. I haven't spoken to a tick. Um, we haven't had that problem for a long time where we are. But um, you know, you could. Whether it, this is a thing with all animals. You can say whatever you want, and this is what you know, animal communication in itself is getting the why. Why are you behaving that way? Why? Why are you stuck in? burrowing into my arm or you know why 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 and then you can try and have the conversation to get out or change your behavior or whatever and then they sit there and they go no nope, I'm pretty happy here. This is good blood. I'm staying <laughs> yeah. so wow. you know you still like humans you you can have the conversation but you may not change the behavior.
1: But you can talk to a great white
2: shark. Wow I can well, I was curious if, if you'd ever mm. had the chance to communicate with a dolphin because they're supposed to be like the high, you know, one of the smartest creatures on the planet. Um, I just figured they'd have a lot to say, you know.
3: They, they would. They'd be very chatty, I imagine. Actually, I haven't, which is mm. pretty, uh, it's kind of unusual. I think I've gone for other animals for whatever reason. Actually, I, you know, I, I I'll sit to um, chat with a particular animal and I'll get some rogue from some other country come in. So you can sometimes not actually connect with the animal that you're wanting to talk to. But I haven't specifically sat down to talk to dolphins. Wow. But yeah.
1: Wow. There's so much. There's so much yeah. here. This, this is awesome. So, okay. You mentioned animals getting lost. If I live in a rural town of Massachusetts in America, you can say, Spencer, don't freak out your dog is on pine hill road or whatever or do you just know like a general like a landmark
3: yeah you know i wish it was as easy as that i actually wish you'd get a gps coordinate but it doesn't quite work like that and you know a lot of it also depends on the energy of the animal if an animal's been missing for a long time and they're trapped then their energy starts to wane as well so you got to try and you know connect in with something that's pretty sluggish but Um, what I do is I, I get kind of a general impression, like how are you feeling? Why did you leave? (laughs) That's always a good question. Um, you know, I had a cat that got stuck under a boat cover in their neighbor's garage and the, and the boat went off to the boat ramp about 20 Ks away and the cat's still inside the back of the boat and then the cat gets out and then the cat is missing. Now, I don't think she ever found that cat, but, um, you know, it can be really tricky especially if, an, if a dog or a cat doesn't know where they are, especially, you know, dogs, well, both of them actually, they just take off. If they've been startled, they bolt and they pay no attention to their landmarks around them. Um, so I kind of step over them a little bit. I, I I become them and I try and feel under their feet, smell mm-hmm. what they smell, and that might be, mm, I smell hamburgers. Okay, maybe there's a McDonald's around. So it's very, it's the intuitive and the analytical that kind of go at the same time the way I work anyway. Um, and you know, what do I hear? I hear a train. Okay. What part of the ride is the train in? It's screeching and it's slowing down. So, okay. It sounds like it's coming into a station. Okay. We've got a station nearby and I might, I might try and get a, you know, show me a man-made landmark within half a mile from Fritz. And then I, I might get a McDonald's arch or I might get, and it's like that it's, just a flash of information, hmm. or I might get a, a Repco, uh, you know, a um, motor oil or a, a Formula One logo or something like that, and say, so, okay, that's worth. This is kind of the area, okay. um, but it can be difficult. You know, we had a police dog that went missing here beginning of this year that I got involved in a little bit, and um, it was a, a dog they were chasing um, some young thief. And he slipped his lead and the GPS tracker didn't work. So there's a couple of issues going there. So he's and it was in bushland, bushland within a city sort of suburb. Um, and you know, there was just I'm trying to hear from the from the dog's perspective what can I hear around here? And I'm hearing helicopters over the top and and I'm seeing, you know, all of this industrial sort of area. I'm smelling perfume on a rubbish tip. And all of that was there. It's like, man, we are so close. And I'm asking the dog, have they been past you? Yes, many times, but they haven't seen me. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, guys, you've been past him, so retrace your steps. But it's not, you know, I can get a map out and I can, um, what they call dowsing, where you you can do different things to try and get a location. And sometimes you hit the money and and a lot of the time it's just and especially if they don't want to be found you'll just be dowsing on some other suburb altogether Hmm. so it's it's not easy but it can certainly help
1: from an ethical standpoint if the animal tells you listen I want nothing to do with these people I'm out of here and you know where they are but you know in your heart of hearts this animal does not want to return home do you tell the owner what the deal is do you uh, hide that information from them like what do you what do you do
3: I would tell them okay it'll be how how you tell them is is the difficult part
1: but would you say where they are or would you say listen I can't tell you because they don't want me to tell you
3: I probably wouldn't tell them Wow.
2: the location or the the area have you yeah. had to do that before
3: I haven't had to do that before no
2: can
1: you imagine that We go, hey, found this person online. This is great. She's like, I know exactly where your animal is, but (laughs) I can't tell you. They, like, don't want to come home. They
2: want nothing to do with you. Wow. I was curious, what's, like, you know, what's the longest time a missing animal, like, how long have they been gone? Like, the longest time that you found one, you know, like, oh, this dog was gone for six months, you know, and then you found him. Just kind of curious to that.
3: Um, I had a great dog up in Whidbey Island just near Seattle there who was missing we were working on him for about 12 months um, but he passed so we didn't we didn't find him so that doesn't really answer that question but um, the longest for me is um, probably three months. Wow. And um, so you know I kind of I kind of get more the the fresh cases, I guess,
0: mm-hmm.
3: where they've just gone missing or they've been missing for a couple of weeks or something like that. And I don't get too much of the old um, stuff these days. But I had a cat in um, Venice Beach or Santa Monica, that area, who her, the cat's parents were moving to Maui and they were there, or I think Dad was kind of back and forth, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, this cat was at the vet waiting for the quarantine paperwork so they could move the cat down with them, and she houdinied out the window. And so, of course, there's a mad panic. The cat had been missing for a little while by the time I got involved, and Dad was coming back. She must have been missing for three weeks or something like that. He'd come back every weekend to search the area. And so I saw this um, two-storey, light blue sky blue kind of color with white trims on the windows and uh, you know on my map it's like it's this cat is like 500 meters away um mm. or you know whatever quarter third of a mile
2: no, it works. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: whatever something like that less less than a mile um so pretty close and it's, and i feel in this area like i feel this kind of street or that street but right in this area and you've got to get down low you've got to get down on your belly so the cat's either under a basement or a drain or a stairwell or something like that. Anyway, he'd come back and he was flying back to Maui the next day. This was his last-ditch effort, and um, he found what he thought was what I'd described, and there was some more information there that I can't remember now, but um, he went off, he got a cat trap and put it out the front, and he went off to the bottle shop to buy a couple of beers to have while he sat there. So this is like 8 o'clock at night or something. And by the time he'd gone to the, the bottle and he'd come back, the cat was in the cage. Wow! So it was a happy ending. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's good when you find them.
1: Oh, I'm sure. No, that's awesome. Do dogs and cats communicate how you and I would communicate, like with each other? Is there any animal, like, can, does a dog talk to my fish tank and know, like, what my yellowfish is doing or whatever?
3: if if they want to yeah all animals communicate with each other through same same way through telepathy okay. so yeah you know if they and you know they all have their little round table sometimes have a chat really
1: i wonder that because my cat will like be mean to my dog throughout the day and then at the end of the night he just goes up and he basically sits right on him starts licking his ear or whatever it's just it's a weird my dog just lets it go down so it's a weird dynamic there, but they're talking, they're doing their thing. They know my dog knows when my cat's about to be a jerk. If my cat decides to tell him. Wow.
3: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. If your cat, <laughs> your cat tells him for sure. Wow. wow. Okay. But they may they don't, you know, they don't tend to, or what I've found anyway, they don't sit there and have endless conversations like we do. Uh-huh. So
2: they enjoy but, the silence.
3: <laughs> yeah. And and it may not it may not be intentional conversation. You know, they might just throw out an image of, oh, there's a mouse or a bird. I'm going to go out there and hunt that down. Mm. And the dog has seen that image. So they kind of it's not necessarily a direct communication, but they can see and sense what's going on with each other for sure.
1: When I have a if we some people, you know, when they leave the house, they'll have the TV on or something like that. I'll even put on Animal Planet some may argue they don't know what the, it, that's just noise or others are like oh no they're watching other animals on tv and that stuff can a dog like w- successfully watch a movie and retain the information
3: good question i would say no interesting i would say that it's be a bit more like a 5 year old kid watching a okay. long movie and trying to retain it
1: <laughs> yeah my son and it's just
3: <laughs> <you> <laughs>
2: yeah it's crazy um uh, wow I got, I got one so i know you said when you're preparing to like you know search for an animal that you mostly just need a picture right to sort of you know I'm just curious what the preparations are like
1: all right let's okay. do this i go to you we set up an appointment what do you need from me there and then go. To, to go with rob's point how do you work take us through it what what does a customer expect when they deal with you
3: so what I do is um, about half an hour beforehand. Actually, what happens, to be honest, is I get the booking. I've got an online booking system and it will flag up an email to me with an, with the information on the form that they fill out, which is a photo of their animal, um, their age and the name. So I've usually seen that when the booking comes through. And then I'll go off on my merry way for one, two, three weeks, however long, wherever the booking is but information is starting to come through straight away. So I might, and, and because I'm practiced in it, I actually pay attention for that stuff. So I might look at that and I might feel really sick. And I think, Oh, we've got a health issue here. We might need to look at nutrition and what they're eating. And um, so I might send them an email and say, Hey, um, get on hand what you're feeding your dog, cat, horse, whatever. and you know have that ready for because i want to talk to you about that um or i might just get a word or i might get a feeling of just like bristling anger and aggression or and like i might hear a tss, like a hissing cat and i think oh okay we've got some behavior stuff going on mm. um and so then on the actual day <clears throat> half an hour beforehand i'll just um I really like drums. I used to play the drums when I was at school. So I like that kind of bassy sound. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And,
3: um, and so I have a Spotify, it's a shamanic drumming, um, thing that I listen listen
1: to. Gotcha.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of gets me, gets me in my zone. Like, you know, some people need to be really quiet and meditate and some like to have really loud music. I just kind of get my notepad out and I write the name of the animal and the parent and the date and time and the age and sex. And then I, you know, I just kind of listen to this sound and anything that comes through because it's already been coming through, I'll start writing it down and then I'll write down, I'll try and tune in to them first up and I'll um, get an es- get a sense of their essence. So what is their personality? What do they feel like? You know, they're, oh, they're, um, they're really funny. This dog has got a sense of humor and just, and I'm showing it doing tricks and jumping around like a crazy dog. Um, so, and I feel like they're really funny. So I'll write that down. Uh, and then I think, oh, I wonder whether their parent suffers from depression because funny animals usually hook up with depressed parents. Um, so I'll just write a little note on that and just to check out. And um, so I just sort of make notes and I just kind of get into it. And then we hook up on Zoom like we're doing here. And then I will really get into it then. So I have um, I have a whole lot of, I guess, spiritual assistance and I have a, I have a lot of Native American um, guides that come through for me. Hmm. And so I bring them all in like a posse. and I have this sort of one voice. So I have a lot of guides that speak in one voice, unless I'm specifically asking like if I'm tracking something, I have my tracking guides, and they won't talk to me about anything else. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how how I set up. But you know, I have I go to the gym, and someone s- says to me, "Ah, oh, this is happening," and I just bang. I'm straight in
0: mm-hmm. for them.
3: You know, them or their animal.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so I don't really need to do much preparation. Um, and I think the more you sit and do preparation, the more distracted I get.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. interesting. No, that Didn't makes sense. Didn't know if it would help to have you know like an item the animal played with or you know their scent or anything you know of that but it's all just energy you know just different yeah
3: yeah that's right and and that's um you know it's called um psychometry when you hold you know you see the the mediums out there and they will hold someone's watch or something like Mm -hmm. that um i remember my cat went missing i had a little kitten back in 1991 or something like that i was living in sydney and um one of my flatmates left left the door open and then someone that was cutting a tree down over the back came and stole her. Oh. And um, so here I am. I, I've had no experience with intuitives to this date. Here I am. I've got a bit of kitty litter and I've got the unwashed food bowl and the collar in a plastic bag and off I've gone and I've found this tarot reader and uh, I've laid all this stuff out in front of her and she's <laughs> like, oh, no, I don't, I don't need that. It's like, oh, but, you know, this is fresh. He's gave just her a bag of,
1: so, for folks listening at home, you gave her a bag of litter. And what else? What else? A <laughs> little, little
3: bit of kitty litter, uh, his food bowl, which I hadn't washed, mm-hmm. and his collar.
1: Nice. nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Didn't need it.
3: Wow. Yeah. So, okay.
1: So, can, can we, let's get deep now for a second. Okay. Go. So, looked on your Instagram. I noticed there's a lot of, uh, or there was a few of, you know, animals passing, right? People get really upset. Sometimes, just this, this is this is all a person has in life, their beloved cat of fifteen years, whatever. So you know what an animal's thoughts are during the time of passing and things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you we able can. to? T-
1: you, so you're able to tell me what my animal, let's say my animal already has passed, and I say, listen, like I feel awful, Stanley, my cat Stanley, R.I.P. Stanley. It was like 2012. He was like 14 years old. Took him to the vet. We never took him to the vet. Finally took him to the vet because, like, he was just he was looking rough. Take him there. The vet's like, oh, he's this is not good. We can run labs. That's, you know, a $1,000, or I recommend we should put him down, right? I gave him a kiss. He, like, made some noise, like, get away from me. I want nothing to do with you right now. <laughs> oh. And then they took him in the back, and then they brought him in a box, right? You can tell me what my cat was thinking in 2011, or does that require way too much more work?
3: No, I. you can actually connect in with a past cat. Don't do it. Anything. Don't
1: don't you scare me. I don't <laughs> want to. So can you connect, you can talk to, you can talk to the dead of the animal, the deceased animals.
3: Yes. Uh, yeah.
1: That I do is, that often. That is something you can learn that as well. That's not mm-hmm. just like people are born with it. Okay.
3: Yeah. So- yeah. Uh, they say that. So mediumship is when you connect with someone in spirit, someone that's past. And they say that you all all mediums are intuitive, but not all intuitives are mediums. So the jury's out on that from my opinion, because I think I think you can. It's it's not really no different. You're connecting to energy. So I think you can connect with past animals. Any anyone can
1: so to go, you know, I asked your previous question, you know, if you're just walking and if, if you're hearing a bunch of noises and stuff like that, you're hearing different animals. Do you see dead, like deceased animals walking around? And if so, is it, are they like ghosts? Do you hear them all the time or do you have to channel Like You have to find my cat Stanley from 2011 or are you, <laughs> are you just seeing all of them?
3: Get the Rolodex out. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's one reason why it took me so long to really jump into this field because For whatever reason, Hollywood, I would say, uh, way back, I thought that I would have dead people, blood and guts on my walls and skeletons lying on my lounge and in the corners and hiding in my wardrobe, and it scared the crap out of me. And I was certain that's how it looked. That's not how it looks for me at all. Um, So for past anything, to see it out there in front of you, that's very rare. People do, but but it's not very common. It's mostly whatever ninety nine percent say of people see that in their mind, and so, and and again, I'm not the same as everybody else doing this sort of stuff, but I get a flash of a shadow run through, over somewhere behind me, and I and I just kind of know that that might be one of my cats, and then I can tune into that, Um, but I don't necessarily see spirits just randomly mm. if you... there's a weird energy in my bedroom or something like that i'll kind of i'll actually put a bit of focus on it Yeah. and i might see an old lady and I'm, this is an mm. example of an old house i lived in because we lived a street back from the biggest cemetery in the state that i live in mm. it's a stupid house to buy um <laughs> and and the cats were just went nuts because they're hypersensitive and they see all this sort of stuff and um it was causing a bit of illness so I, I needed to clear this out of my house. And there's this little old lady s- sitting behind my bookcase in the corner. Yeah. And um I don't uh, I told you not to scare me. No, that's oh, scary. it's continue. pretty cool though, don't you reckon? Yes. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yes. It's cool to hear the story. I would have a meltdown if it yeah. happened to me. No, I no,
3: she had dementia scared. and she just hadn't she hadn't gone. She was still there.
2: Wow. Can you feel like like, for instance, you said you, you're you in a new house that you bought. Now, can you, when you're in the new house, can you feel like, you know what? There was definitely dogs here at some point, you know, and you can feel sort of if there were ever pets in the house before you purchased it. Unless it's a brand new house, you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you could absolutely.
2: Wow. Yeah. So
1: when, do you know when an animal going to pass? Like, can you look at your cat and know like, okay, in 37 months, it's game over or something like that? Or how does, how does that whole thing work?
3: I haven't, I don't want to go down that path with my own animals. I know that, I know that they will because I just do, but, um, and I know when they're unwell, they're probably not far off. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had a cat that had, um, kidney cancer and he Mm -hmm. died, um, 18 months ago. And the beauty of, um, so I kind of knew, I knew when it was getting close and I asked him, how do you want to pass? And he said, I want you to um, bury me under the hedge out in the back garden. I said, okay. Um, You know, he, sorry, he wanted to pass himself for a start, Mm. not to be um, put down. And he wanted to pass under the hedge. Mm. And so this can change, you see, because this is about three weeks leading up to him actually dying. And so I'd say to him, how are you feeling today? What do you need from me? And it got to the point where he couldn't really walk very well. And I'd say to him, you know, do you you need me to carry you somewhere to the kitty litter? And he'd say he needs to go outside to the kitty litter. So we were able to have these conversations leading up to, which is good for me because I've done all the wrong things that you could possibly do for an animal. Um, that I could actually do something that he wanted. Now it got to the day, so he's still saying right up until the morning of that he wanted to pass himself. And so I'm just, and he's like he's he just looked terrible. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I felt I felt cruel almost. And that's the human, this is the problem. We're not we're not good with death.
0: Mm-mm.
3: And he's saying, No, no, I just I want to pass myself. And then my husband and I went out for lunch, and I just knew I said, We've got to get home. He needs some intervention now. He wants some help. And so we came home and I just checked with him. How, are you okay? Like, do you, we're going to go to the vet? And he said, yes. Mm-hmm. It was a definite yes, I'm ready. Wow. So that's the beauty of having, you know, I've got a lot of friends say, of course, you're in your crisis mode and they can't make a decision to save themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they'll text me or ring me and say, I don't know what to do. Are they? How do they want to die? Do they want to go now? It's like, they've got weeks left. He might look really sick right now but he's got weeks left you oh know, wow and you can say
1: that in confidence to somebody for, yeah wow. yeah yeah how do you know you mentioned something you know humans we handle death very it's dramatic it's traumatic it's 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 awful how do animals handle death when they lose a loved one like if my if my dog passed away how would my cat handle it because you often hear like oh they're lonely or he died shortly after or those kind of things
3: yeah, yeah. Animals grieve. They, they they experience all the same mental health issues and, and emotions that we do. They grieve, but they're pretty quick at it. They're so practical, you know, they they see death as just a part of the process and they don't actually see, you and, and I've spoken to wild animals about this. It's like this, the words they use are recycling. Mm. It's like, you know, we live, we learn our lessons, and, and a lot of animals are here for our lessons. Um, to help us with our, our evolution, and then they they go back to the earth. The spirit goes wherever they go, um, and then they recycle. They come back at whatever point. So, you know, they they don't feel pain like we think they do. We we look at these animals and think, oh my god, this dog is in so much pain. Yeah. What can I do to help them? But the the soul of the dog has kind of just stepped out for a bit. So yes. He looks in pain and they can experience a little bit of pain, but it's not what we see. Mm. And that's really important, I think, because what we're observing of our pets really unwell or about to die is not actually what's going on for them. They don't blame anyone, they never blame anyone um, because we always feel guilty. And I think I had a, there's a foster carer of a cat. Um, that very quickly died a few weeks ago and um, she wasn't able to be there and she was just grief struck terribly because she felt like she let the cat down and the cat's like and she didn't say goodbye that was her thing she didn't say goodbye and the cat said you did say goodbye you just didn't say it in the surgery (laughs) you know you said it you said it at home or in the car or wherever you were but I heard you so you know and he and he was okay it was A lot of the time it's their time to go and they just, they know that. We don't know that, but they know that.
1: What are your thoughts on aggressive animals or that humans perceive to be aggressive animals? Like, oh, this dog bit three people. He needs to be put down. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think animals, every every animal stands a chance to be in society and all that kind of stuff? Or do you think it is justified to put an animal down strictly based on their behavior towards others?
3: No, I don't think that's justified one little bit. I understand why we do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And humans have this hierarchy where we're at the top of absolutely everything, and that does my head in. But, you know, this is fear. Aggressive animals are fearful, you know, and you've got the backgrounds of some of these animals, cats and dogs the same, and horses too. God, some horses have had some shocking backgrounds that I've come across. Um, And they're anxious and they're fearful And what happens, you know, we have these energy centers in our body and, um, you know, chakras, um, people know that terminology, and we have the base chakra which sits at sort of the base of the tailbone there, Um, and that governs the physical parts of the body as well as the emotional parts. But this is the base one is about survival, safety and security and it's your connection with the earth it's your connection with your tribe your community the society that type of thing and so when a, when an animal and you'll see this with horses when a horse is feeling unsafe or they're in survival mode because they're prey animals um but and if the, if you're standing next to them they'll either whack you with their tail or push you out the side with their rump and if you're at the front they'll just throw the legs up so you know and then, then it's like, oh, this horse is this horse is dangerous, mm-hmm. or this dog mm. is has bitten me because we're not safe, so we bite. So the the kind of the front gets affected by the survival area. And so, you know, I think why why are they aggressive? Find out the why. And I know an animal behaviorist from my understanding of of the behaviorists and the trainers, who are probably also very intuitive. They're just not, for the most part, tuned into that. There's a lot, of, a lot of a lot of observation that goes on, and sort of they're trained in um, sort of the behaviour of the animal. But you actually want to hear from them. Why did you bite? Mm-hmm. Why exactly did you bite? You know, I had a cat two days ago who was biting. You know, this cat has just moved state, and the furniture was supposed to arrive in this house, and um, and so there was some familiar smells and stuff there. So mom and cat arrive and there's nothing there. So they're just in this brand new place and with new carpet and nothing that the cat knows. And the cat's biting because it's like, this is my language. You can't hear me. So I need to get your attention because things aren't right for me. So she plugs fellaway in, which is like a, a diffuser that you plug into the PowerPoint, it's supposed to calm and comfort. Mm. Uh, and this is, you know, just affecting this cat's nervous system like nothing. It's like this cat's on edge. Um, and so get that, get that out. And you need to actually also, uh, understand the, why, why is she biting? Okay. She's biting because she wants your attention. Okay. Why does she want your attention? And so it's just like, everything's so unfamiliar and there's no boundaries. She hasn't, you got to, the way you talk to an animal, well, the way you should talk to an animal and the way we do talk to an animal creates the behaviors that we don't want. So she needed, we had to have a chat about, the language she was using to this cat and this sort of thing so you no know, no this is anxiety this is like all this new stuff and I feel sick you know in Chinese medicine the digestive system is your worry and anxiety and so you know when we're worried about something we get really anxious and then we've we're not safe so we bite with you know mm-hmm. lash out or whatever it is so I think find out why they're doing whatever it is and then mm. then fix that so you can
1: i'm sorry go ahead you you said you can't
3: what i was just gonna say because you can fix most things of course there'll be things that you can't but sure you can manage them
1: so when we have trainers out there that talk about dominance right or the alpha male or or the head of the pack and all of that do you believe in that approach like because it would be different like you want to figure out the why but when i took my dog to a trainer it's you know you need to let them know you're in charge you lead the way as soon as they try to walk in front of you yank on the choke collar like that kind of stuff do you believe in that kind of intervention or do you just take a different approach towards it
3: i don't like choker collars but um i I know the training i've been to those too but um there is hierarchy for sure and you've got a household or you've got a barn or whatever you've got the humans are always here at the top. Mm-hmm. And then it's when the animal came into the house. So it's not sex, mm-hmm. age, breed, whatever. It's like here am I, here's my first dog. That's number 1 in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Here's my second dog, here's my first cat and here's my second cat, and that's the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe there's a snake. I don't have snakes, but you know, if the snake came in first. So there is hierarchy within the unit for sure. So yeah, the 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 human Mm -hmm. is the boss
0: okay so
3: yeah there there's i don't know i just think there's um there's better ways training is important Mm -hmm. i think especially as as a new puppy you know there's so many different things that would be great as a new puppy into the house or kitten or whatever if we knew how to do these things and training is one of them chiropractics um you know all of these other types of things that you can do to to learn and understand what you should and shouldn't be doing with a new animal. Um wow. So yeah, I'm, I think I just got sidetracked there a little bit on <laughs> no, the alpha okay. male, but, I, but you you know, yeah,
2: okay. I had a curious question connecting back to it. Might be a little bit of a dark question, sort of. Go but, ahead, I'll yeah. approve of it. <laughs> back to like uh, you know animals and their perception of death like if you were to go to a cattle farm, right? Yes. Are they aware of what, you know, the end result is? Cause I mean, I think of like pigs are supposed to be highly intelligent too. Um, so just curious about that. If they understand what's going on, you know what I mean?
3: Mm, yeah. I come from a country town, a sheep and wheat property. And I loved the sheep there, and I haven't wanted to really ask that question,
2: yeah, because
3: because I just feel too much for them. But the I there was a cow that jumped off a ship in Western Australia. I don't know, maybe six years ago or something like that. They got Frio. It was so the Fremantle was the name of the port that the ship left, and they called this cow Frio. Wow. Um, and so I did tune into that cow like that those cattle were off heading off obviously somewhere to be eaten um and he was really pissed off he was angry and so they would know where they're going and mm-hmm. what's going on and it's brutal and it's and it's painful and it's mm-hmm. when i've spoken to animals like um you know the bison and um Oh, hello, kitty.
2: That's my kitty. Oh,
3: cat.
1: we have okay. Wait, wait, hold on, real wait, quick, please. Wait. What's going on with the kitty right now? What
2: tell us what's <laughs> happening? What's happening?
3: Da, da, da. What's your cat's name? Beans. Beans.
2: Beans. Like his little toe beans. Beans. No, oh, Rob, let her do her work. <laughs>
3: very distracted. This cat is very distracted. So what's going on over there? What's going on over there? What's going on? Loves, loves the name. Is it a male, male or female? beans? Loves it. He just kind of got all tall Mm -hmm. and um, postured up when he heard you say beans. (laughs) What is dad doing? And why is he, why is he on this weird contraption often? How often do you, are you on
2: so yeah, I, I work. I do video editing, and he's always so I'm on my computer all day. You know, right? And he'll he'll come up, step on my keyboard, sit on my keyboard. You know, he hates yeah. it when we're in front of our computers.
3: Yeah, he no, he finds it really curious. He's like, "What is this? This is kind of I don't even know. This is this is weird. This shit. This what's he doing?" <laughs> um, and he also says you don't have a stop button and you need to pull up stumps, which is probably a bit of an Australian term. Um, you need to pull up stumps far more often than you do, because when you start working, there's no kind of end to the next start time. Would that be right?
2: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's like unpre- an
3: addiction kind of thing?
2: Uh, I don't know if it's <laughs> an addiction. I work in advertising. So some days I work till 7 p.m., 10 p.m. Sometimes I don't work at all. It's a really crazy kind of schedule. Yeah. Wow. He
3: absolutely loves you though. He just thinks Aww. you are the best thing since sliced bread. And if he <laughs> could be under your skin, mm-hmm. he would be under your skin. Oh. And he boy. watches you. Does does he come into your bedroom at nighttime?
2: Yeah, he sleeps in the bed. He always sleeps um like curled up with my girlfriend. He never sleeps on on me, which I wish he would.
3: But he does. Yeah. Doesn't. <laughs> you need to yeah I I'm, I'm just I'm just hearing you're too precious for that but I see him I see him like watching you at nighttime making sure that you keep breathing because oh. sometimes he worries about you that you're not that you're going to forget to breathe or you're not going to wake up or something oh. like that so
1: <laughs> But crap. not the girlfriend? You don't th- you don't see him worrying about the girlfriend?
3: No not not in that way.
2: Well, was no, very,
3: very
2: unhealthy, connected yes. Very connected to than me. Yeah, we <laughs> spend a lot of a lot of time together. But he's never like, he's, he doesn't like sit on my lap. He'll sit right next near me, but never like on my lap. But yeah. Um, can, you tell
1: me, can you tell me what that cat thinks of me? Or does he have no idea who I am?
3: <laughs> Are you two friends?
2: Me? Oh. Outside me? of here? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've been friends since we were 12.
3: Yeah. He's just saying they're friends. Okay. Oh.
1: That's all I am to you, huh, Beans?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you haven't had much face-to-face time with Beans. That's true. COVID and all that.
1: <laughs> so what is boy what is the tone of Beans's voice? Is it a young a young lad or
3: oh how to describe that's a that's a tricky one. Um it's yeah a young a young boy mm. a young man old boy kind of thing it's like it's just a um not an old, wise kind of voice mm. and he speak he speaks about this pace, so he's talking like this
1: wow so overall beans is happy. is he content or does he want some improvement?
3: Let's right. check him out
0: all right. Rob, quiet.
3: Does he get outside much? He's just saying that he'd like to be outside more.
2: He doesn't. He. We live in the city. I live in Boston. And uh, right. I'm absolutely terrified that I'd lose him, you know. And um, we bought a harness and stuff like that because we hoped we could get him on a leash and we could get him we could walk him outside. He's stupid but, um, human.
1: He's stupid stupid <laughs> human.
2: Every time i put the harness and the leash on him, he just goes like stiff and plops yeah. over and he doesn't like he just looks at the leash line like what is that? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah,
3: that's that's never going to happen. That feels really weird. Mm-hmm. Um that's like, you know, it's a real nervous system kind of thing. Real fingernails on a blackboard feeling mm-hmm. in especially under the belly. Mm-hmm. That part under there. Um, oh, there was just something that he was saying before. I've lost it. I can't remember um, what we were talking about. about
2: going going outside. He does. So oh, yeah. Late at night, I'll go outside and he tries to, he wants to, I live in an apartment complex and he wants to get in in the little hallway, you know, with all the apartment doors. And he, his, he gets out there and his tail twitches and mm. stuff.
3: And yeah, So, so let very me, curious. Let me ask yeah.
1: you this. Now, based off of what you're listening to, to Beans and you're hearing what Rob says, are, would you encourage Rob to allow Beans to go outside of, and explore? Like, should Rob have trust in Bean? Because he's shaking his head. No, but you're not the expert, Rob. So let the expert speak. <laughs> Can the well, cat go outside?
3: That's funny you say that because. When I said, oh, I just lost what he said, what he actually said was he has no sense of direction. Yeah. So that, that that answers that question. Yeah. The answer is definitely don't let him out um, without being contained. And if you take him anywhere, <clears throat> this goes for everyone pretty much, but if you take him anywhere, he's telling me, and I know this just because I know it, um, make sure he's in a cage because if the door of the car opens if you know someone's coming on the back door and they've opened it without you knowing he'd be off like a shot and lost
2: oh I know it's like one of my my deepest fear I've had dreams about it or nightmares really where I'll (laughs) see him like I'm outside I'm you know I got grass under my feet and I see him and I'm like like and I try to run after I tell my girlfriend I would just I would just go after him and I wouldn't stop for like days. I wouldn't eat. Jeez, <laughs> it's like, a little unhealthy. You really I, like him that much, huh? I love this cat. Can you tell how much I love him from, you know, my energy? I love this cat.
3: <laughs> so I like cat lovers.
1: If <laughs> Beans is running and Rob's going, no, stop, right? <laughs> is there a chance that Beans going, dude, chill, I'll be back when I'm back? But he or is it like going. Beans just taking off and is not listening to Rob or caring about Rob's emotions?
3: Yeah, look, it could go either way because if he hasn't been outside before, this would be, there are so many cats that are bored because there's so many indoor cats and Mm -hmm. cats need, they need stimulation. They need to get out there and do things. So if we're not actually playing with them at home with toys and things like that, that replicate chasing and hunting, they're really, really bored. And then they get fat and lazy as well because, you know, they sleep 80% of the day or whatever it is. But um I would be, I would be quite concerned about him being outside unleashed.
1: Would you say overall, there's an, is there any pressing concerns that beans has with his lifestyle and stuff like that? Is there anything Rob can do to
2: improve the quality of life?
3: You play with him, don't you?
2: I'm the one, I am the play parent. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You play with him, but he wants you to be actually more engaged with play. Like if you, if you're just like, you know playing on the side there and letting him do you do that
2: sometimes okay so
3: sometimes
2: we we play with a feather and he always chases it it's on top of the scratchy post if you see this
3: oh yeah uh, yeah
2: that this like he likes those are his favorite and he'll pull them out of the box and put them in front of me and uh So, yeah, we'll play with that. But sometimes I get lazy and I'll like be on my phone and I kind of get a good angle to where I know he'll (laughs) bat it around and then I go back up. But I'll sort of multitask. So, yeah, I mean, it does Because the thing
3: is that when they're hunting a live animal, Mm -hmm. that live animal is engaged energetically in some way. Mm -hmm. They're running away, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but they're they're a part of the process Mm -hmm. where that that's not really engaged and he wants he wants you he, God, he just loves you it's ridiculous oh. um he wants you to be a part of this it's like a team sport mm-hmm. it's not just a you know for him to play with the feather mm-hmm. wow. so that's his biggest request is just to um get off the phone more play Perfect. with him fully mm-hmm. and um you also need to get out and socialize more
1: wow that is very true that's
3: probably very true (laughs)
1: let me ask you beans is very happy loves that rob plays with them if a child comes in the mix she's not pregnant but if you know if if his girlfriend was pregnant uh, if they were to have a baby are you able to tell right now how beans would react to that or is it you know we have to have the baby come and all that stuff to be able to read something like that
3: there would be some jealousy for Um, sure. Wow. You'd have to manage that process. You'd have to, um, you know, because this is a real problem, especially, well, cats and dogs, but, you know, cats can be quite independent, so depending on their personality, but dogs particularly, a child or someone else comes into the house and they're discarded. Um, They're not walked as much or they're not played with as much or with full engagement or whatever it is, so... Um, you know, there's the way that we the way that we speak to animals is we communicate with them. You know, you guys communicate with them telepathically. So if you want to tell them something, really, it's like you're impressing or intending an image over to them of whatever it is that you're trying to do. And you might be trying to say, um, you know, we're having a baby. This baby is going to be in the house in, you know, when whatever time. And so you send over an image of a baby but with you and girlfriend and Beans and how that's going to look. You have to show Beans how you want the family unit to look Hmm. and you want to make sure you show them how you want it to look, not how you want it to not look, and that's Beans kind of scratching the baby and him being ignored. Showing also that you're playing with him as much as you do now, that you love him as much as you do now. And just like every few days until that time, especially leading up to it, just talk to him mm. about you know wow. new baby coming into the house or a, a new girlfriend or a, you know flatmate even. So there's a there's a cat in Texas that I talk to. <laughs> and this cat is really about management. He's quite a challenge, and um, so mum is a has got five foster cats or adopted cats, and this cat is a single person only so there was a bit of a ruckus going on so this cat went over to um, a friend of hers and that was fine when it was just the two of them and then he got a flatmate and this cat hated the flatmate so he'd poo in the passageway and he'd <laughs> he'd scratch and do all this kind of stuff and but a part of it was like you didn't tell me you, you didn't ask me if it's okay you bring this person in here and I'm supposed to like this person uh-huh. so you know you kind of I like to think of them a little bit like, you know, kids. Like you wouldn't leave the house without saying, hey, mate, I'm going to the shop. I'll be back in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. our neighbours think we're quite weird here because we're like, hey, uh, Kenny, our dog, uh, we're going to the supermarket, we'll be back at 4.30 or whatever it is, especially animals with separation anxiety. Mm -hmm. You need to tell them where you're going and when you're coming back and you send Mm -hmm. the image over. And whatever words come out of your mouth, so if I said to you, red apple, you can't not see a red apple in your mind. Mm -hmm. It's impossible not to have an image with words. Yeah. So when we're talking behaviour and things like that or you're sending messages or talking to them, you have to think of what am I trying to send them? And if it's a behaviour change like stop barking, when we say stop barking, All we're doing is showing an image of a barking dog in our mind and the dog's going, oh, cool, mum's saying barking's okay. I'll keep Mm -hmm. barking. So you want to use the language of the behaviour you want and that's be quiet or shush or something like that with its dog with its mouth shut, uh, jumping dogs and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's the same thing. Use the language that creates the images of the behaviour you want. Mm. Be consistent with it.
1: My cat is scratching my couch and it sends me over the edge. And it used to, a loud noise used to spook him out. Now it's getting to the point, you know, and then I'll do a stomp and I'm going near him. But now he he does not care. I have to get like really close to him for him to stop doing it. Is he blatantly disrespecting me? What is he telling me? (laughs) Get in my world now. What's he doing?
3: What's he doing? Oh, Mm. you you two are kind of similar. Would that be we're at loggerheads a little
1: bit here i I do like him i just i'm gonna be honest with you my cat will just sit there and i'll go up to him even in mid-sleep and i'll just go like (laughs) i'll like (laughs) jack his mouth open you're like you're like just like stupid or i'll like grab his tongue or something I'm just a weirdo right and he just takes it i've been doing it all the time and then he just i let go and then he's just going he starts to lick himself and it's kind of like yeah f you kind of thing right um it's a love hate i think he hates me i love hate him
3: Let's ask him. Let's check him out. Oh. What's his name?
1: Inter- so here we go. His government name is Mr. Troubles. It, then it turned into Kiki, Fiki, Fik Fik. This is my wife, just whatever, right? Yeah. So let's go with uh, Fiki. Does he Fiki. like any of these names? Tell me everything.
3: I roll. He said no.
1: What? He doesn't no, like No,
3: because they're not very masculine.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Is he a boy? Yes, oh, he is. Is he a boy? yeah Yes, you have been saying he, haven't you? Yeah. Um, no, they're a little bit too cutesy wootsy for his mm. macho image that he's trying to um, portray. And how can he be manly with a name like Fiki or Kiki? He's just like, <laughs> what the fuck?
0: Uh-huh. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> he likes you, but he torments the crap out of you. But it's kind of a game. Like it's it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you irritate him. <laughs> but He irritates me.
1: Robert, please let her work. <laughs> uh,
3: sometimes he wonders. <laughs> this is one of those things. How do you say this politely? Um, sometimes he wonders why you are there. It's like. You're kind of in my way. Like, why are you here? Yes. Um, this is not. This is not um, part of my plan or my bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, you just go into your office and go away. This is really when you're in his face because you get right in his personal space.
0: Sure
3: do. Yeah. Yeah. Sure and cats, you know, we all have energy fields, and humans. If we've got big energy, it comes over the top. same as like a tall person with a short person, it comes over the top of them your energy comes over the top of him sometimes and it's, and it's big and it's like, sure ugh, get away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he just gives back what you give out.
1: Oh really? That's what well, yeah. I can give it, but I can't take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now i got a dog and a cat, um, both around 10, 10 or 11 years old. Right. The only traumatic thing that's happened in their life, I would say, or the biggest adjustment, was we moved from an apartment into a house, right? So we've been in this house since twenty eighteen. Everything seems to be going good. My wife is looking at these little puppies. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. They're so cute. My animals okay. They're okay. They're healthy. They're but you know, they're they're looking a little rough. They're just their homebodies, you know what I mean? They're not in the best shape, they're just chilling. Are they ready? <laughs> For another animal, or should I wait? I, I honestly want to wait until one passes before we do something. You know, get another animal in the house. What are they thinking right now?
3: So you've got one dog, two dogs, and one cat.
1: No, I have one dog, one cat, and then just a bunch of fish and stuff like that. Right? One dog and a cat. So if I were to get a little puppy,
3: um, I just need to pause here because your cat wants to talk about food first. Okay. Um, so it's is like. Food, 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 food. So I better just address that and then I'll come back to that question. I don't care about other animals. Just I just want to talk about food. Sure. Um, so Fifi, uh, Kiki, what do you want to talk about food? There's never enough. I have an insatiable appetite. Why do they never feed me enough? And I'm getting, Sian, little silver fish. What do you feed... What do you feed him?
1: He has the automatic feeder. So it's two times a day. I load that thing up pretty ah. good. I mean, yeah. So one in the morning and then one at dinner time. So we're talking like 5 a.m., 5 p.m. kind of thing.
3: Right. Okay. So we're on dry food. Yes. Okay. Th- this is probably why this conversation has gone here because he's showing me like real living things. Um, Nutrition for cats is something I see all the time. I would say 99.7% of cats and dogs too, digestive systems are a disaster. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not feeding them how they, how they feed themselves. If they're hunting birds and, and lizards and mice and things like that, they're getting all of the nutrients and they don't drink water so the the background of cats which i'm not going to go into that but way back when um their hydration comes from food so when you've got biscuits and kibble and stuff like that um it's dehydrated there's no nutrition in it and which a lot of cats can feel unsatiated because they're or they get addicted to them um, and can't stop eating them but there's no hydration and it's really important when you have a male cat Mm -hmm. that they have wet food because we have huge problems with crystals in the urine, which is very, very painful. And because a a male cat versus a female, like you have the urethra that sort of comes um, out of the penis. So for a female, their urethra is like a highway. And for a male cat, it's like a thread of cotton. So you have, um, you know, urine that's got crystals in it, it'll block very very easily and i can tell you i've had three male cats that have died of this it took me three to actually figure it out and go ah i get it
0: Uh (laughs) um
3: that you know things back up into the kidneys we have kidney disease and it's very painful um and most often or a lot of the time they they die if you don't get it quick enough so dried food is is not a good way to feed a cat Uh Um, there's a, a style of eating which I I follow myself with all of our animals. Uh, it's called um, baf. It's like bone and raw food or something like that. But basically it's it's 80% meat protein, let's say uh, chicken, 10% bone and 10% offal, which is your liver, <coughs> um, your, your organs, blended up into a mince or ground beef, so whatever animal that is. Um, and it is so highly nutritious. And it has so much uh, hydration for them because they can't. You know, a, a cat will lap water, but unlike a dog, it's not going in.
0: Mm.
3: So if you've got a thirsty cat drinking out of a water bowl, that's it. That's pay attention of that. But um, this is a, this is a real problem that I see all of the time, and I've experienced it, and it's horrendous. Um, so have a think about what you're feeding your cats, and you know there's plenty of information. I can send you some information if you like to have a look well, at, have a read. You have
1: no idea the relationship that you've opened up with you and I, because I will be utilizing your resources <laughs> all the time, free of charge, of course, but yes.
2: no, so, <laughs> so. He always does that.
1: Is my, yes, I always, it's a hustle. Now my, my cat, the food. Yes. He is always, I mean, we have a pantry door where we keep the, the cat, you know, the cat food always mm. trying to get into that ripping the bag open eating it is true he is gluttonous there is never enough food is as soon as it comes out eats it destroys it um he's hungry for more he's not satisfied with the amount of food or is he you're saying I, he's dehydrated
3: yeah look let's just have a look at that because it's wor- it's worthy of questioning um he's addicted and this is this happens often. He's addicted to kibble, mm. and this is a pro- this is a problem. So, is he satiated? Yes, he's full, but there's that addiction where you just need more and more and more and more and more. It's like sugar.
0: Mm.
3: Um. So you know, and sometimes I call my my cat crack cat because mm. my cat has her little addictions as well. Mm. But um, kibble particularly can be a real problem. So he doesn't need any more kibble he needs zero kibble at some point you got to transition this stuff out and he, and he needs some really highly nutritious wet food okay um so you know we have pla- you do too there's there's places in the US all over the place we just order it in um you know we've got raw food raw food diet for cats and dogs and i'll just put my order in and it arrives 2 days later mm-hmm. and i put it in the freezer so it's all blended up i don't have to go and buy the chicken or the beef mm-hmm. and the bones and the it's all blended. I just put a how much it's per body weight, and I can tell you, the difference is unbelievable. The mood, so a lot of dogs and cats, anger and biting and scratching can be nutrition. Um, the mood, the temperament, the physical energy, the glossy coat and the wet nose and the just the the bright eyes. It's just chalk and cheese. So, Cats are really hard to transition, but it's absolutely worth trying.
1: So my cat is stressing for me to get some. better. like, oh, like when you when you're listening to my cat right now, and he's he's It's primarily the focus is on food, right? Yeah. He doesn't care about the potential of another animal coming in, or he he's fine with my dog and stuff. Like, what? Yeah. What
3: happens is they talk about what's important to them. Okay. So, they don't, again, that's a human agenda. Here's the things we're talking about today. And they go, yeah, I'm talking about this.
1: Okay, interesting. And then they'll
3: get to that. If they've got something they want to get off their chest, they'll do that and then they'll come into your stuff. Um, having a puppy in there, that would be so irritating.
1: For both or just for the cat? Right
3: for now? the cat. I'm just on I'm just mm-hmm. on the cat at the moment. I just see, like, swiping at yeah. noses here and say, like you're... In my space and just like
0: yeah,
3: your cat has problems, a lot of cats do, has problems with being having people or big things in their space, whether it's a big person or a big energy, and a puppy mm. will have a big energy. Um, so he's not at all interested, one little bit. He also says he's going to be difficult.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He's gonna make it his make it his goal to be really difficult if you do that and this will be whoever's the decision maker on bringing a puppy in although i think this will be probably displayed to you spencer mm-hmm. <laughs> um he's going to be he's going to be an obstreperous difficult little prat um your dog would love a puppy that sounds like a fun and a friend Cats don't really need too many friends. Dogs love friends.
1: Interesting, because that's the one I'm most concerned about. I feel like it will stress him out, and it'll just like they'll they'll die or something. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's too much. I'm too old for this stuff. Um, But you think my dog? They're both around ten or eleven years old. They're both born around the same time. At least ten. I could tell you that.
3: You'd have to. You'd have to match personalities. Okay. And and I'd almost say don't get like a brand new 12-week old puppy.
0: Yeah. I'm
3: almost seeing like a 12-month to two year, we've got out of that hyperactive stage. Um, so a young dog, but not a baby. Because I do feel like you're a dog, if if there was, if you could find the perfect match, um that would just nourish his little soul. Really? To have to have a friend.
1: Okay, interesting. Interesting.
3: Henry. Because what he's saying here is you're enough. Like he loves his family. Yes. Even the cat, even the cat. Like he loves his family. Cat's a bit high end for him sometimes, but um he would just like to have and because I just see them kind of lying together and wrapping around each other. But the tricky part is finding the finding the one that matches. And what I would suggest with that is that you actually introduce them before you brought them home
1: okay all right enough about me for a second and my selfishness with my animals (laughs) is there i don't know do all dogs go to heaven (laughs) which is like is there if we're getting to the spiritual side of things when a cat passes do you think there's a a heaven and a hell for animals or are they going where humans are going if we get into the whole religious spin of things let's say there's a heaven and a hell do they go to where the humans are going or they go to their own little joint
3: Look, I don't believe in hell across the board, so I'm probably shown that there is no such thing for anyone. Um, When I have, um, well, I had a dog not so long ago that passed, and when I was connecting him with his human owners that are here uh, living, this dog was with the husband's parents who were in spirit. So they were together. I don't know these people. So I'm just like, oh, there's an elderly couple here. They're sort of in their 70s and he looks like this and she looks like that and the dog is with them. Do you know these people? This is, He played golf when he was here, He's, you know, and she played cards with a group of ladies. Oh, yeah, that's my parents. So, yeah, they kind of, and often the animals are all together. So, like, I've had many cats and dogs throughout my life and they'll all kind of be together, even though they've not lived together in on earth, they've just been a part of my life. And when I see them, they're all together. Hmm. so okay if if there's people that I see their animals, I might see two or three, if especially if they have something to say, and the same thing. like they all belong to that person or the person's family member.
1: Let me ask you what can I, let me just get back to again, because it's all about me sometimes. Well, my dog, I just need your advice, okay? When we have visitors come to the door or come inside, my dog gets so excited, so excited. Never violent, right? Just excited. Sometimes his nails get a little long, right? He jumps on people and all of that. So immediately, my go-to is I open the basement door, runs down there. I leave the light on. And he could be down there for two minutes and comes up. And I go down there, and there is poop. There is trails of poop everywhere. Is that I'm excited? Is that hey you threw me in the basement? This is what's going to happen. What is there stress? What What
0: are you thinking?
3: Oh, there's a lot of excitement there. It's okay. like a it's like a nervous excitement.
0: Okay.
3: A, a nervous excited poo.
1: Okay. And now that's
3: the, dig- that's the digestive system kind of kicking in and just as opposed to being annoyed at being put down there
1: okay now one last thing and i promise i'll leave you alone with this my mom <laughs> loves my dog henry okay because when we when i first had the dog when we lived in an apartment it was a two family my mother would live downstairs we lived upstairs oftentimes the dog would spend hours down there sometimes even overnight and all that when my mom comes home now comes to our house now and our new house my dog gets so excited happy to see her then he immediately goes to his dog bed that we keep in the living room destroys it rips it like <laughs> like digging in he looks stressed but it's only when my mom is there it's (laughs) ripping ripping Mm. the thing to shreds is that an excitement is there an underlying stress that we're not sure about like what do you think my dog's relationship is
0: with my mom
3: that's an interesting question
0: rob quiet
3: I'm getting blocked here a little bit so maybe the answer is not supposed to be revealed but let oh, me just no. sit, let me just sit with it um because he's being very coy and like almost turning his head away like he's in trouble um Did your mum let him get away with let's say murder
1: <laughs> everything he can <could> do whatever <laughs> he wants when he's yeah. in her custody or when she's in his custody, whatever. That, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he,
3: Cause he doesn't want to get her into trouble is what I'm hearing here. It's <laughs> like, you know,
1: <laughs> interesting.
3: He says, let's just say I'm excited.
1: Okay. Wow. Cause my mom, so he's not stressing her out though. I mean, she, he's not, she, he's not stressed out by her. It's not an anxiety thing.
3: No, I don't see that as anxiety. So it's, did- it's a fine line, you know, yeah. because it's from a physiological point of view, it kind of reacts the same way. But he's very excited for it. They've got some kind of secret bond. Mm. It's like they've got this little secret handshake thing.
1: What's she letting him do? What's he doing? Really? All right, he won't. He won't snitch, huh? Wow. Okay. Yeah,
3: All he's right. he's just like he's he's had free reign,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and he just. He just loves her. Okay. And right. because you know, it's like that grandparent thing where yes. let the grandkids get away with murder and um and then you get left to pick up all the pieces of the behavior.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, okay. it's like grandma is just like number one.
1: Okay. Well, thank thank you for that. Thank you for that free workshop there. I appreciate oh, that. Pleasure. Any now time. let me let me ask you, are you a vegetarian?
3: Uh I prefer to eat that way, but mm-hmm. I am not totally. Okay. So I'm okay. a probably 60, 40.
1: Okay. If if I eat a piece of steak or we share, you know, we had dinner together and i mean a piece of steak, do you have an idea of who that animal was and all that kind of stuff?
3: I could. I have not done that, but yes. I reckon I could. Wow. Okay. You know, I, I, have, I have spoken to um, cattle about being eaten because, mm-hmm. you know, and I was going to write, this is years ago. I never got around to it. I was going to write something controversial for the vegans. Because I've, you know, I actually prefer to eat that way, vegetarian, vegan, but not because of we're killing animals and it's mm-hmm. torture and all that sort of stuff. There's that's a that is a part of stuff that's going on. But I wanted to know how they felt about it. And and so what I was doing was I was sort of talking to, you know, the cattle that just get mistreated and then there's the more biodynamic sort of organic beef and and chickens and whatnot where they they're loved and they they're kind of sacrificing themselves as food for us Um, and it's a whole different thing and so I appreciate my food and you know I'm also brought up on a wheat and sheep property so we lived off the land and I have that um, I guess that taste that I've grown up with um, but I don't I don't like the cruelty aspect mm-hmm. and and animals and I feel their pain because I feel if an animal is at an abattoir, I could feel that entire process for them if I wanted to I could I could become them and feel what's going on in their head, what's going on in their body um and it's not pretty. But then you have the other side. And so those animals are very happy to sacrifice themselves for us to eat. So they know why they're here. They know they're here to mm-hmm. be farmed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think that's okay. You hear that, Not Rob? Justifying-
1: Get off your high horse, okay? So stop hey, shaming. I eat meat. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. He <laughs> doesn't look like he eat the meat. k no. Wow. Is there anybody... I mean, everybody in your family knows what you do?
3: Yeah, they know what I do. I don't know if they understand it. I'm the black sheep of the family. Yeah,
1: yeah. so, I mean, obviously, people have the ability to make a mockery out of anything, okay? Yeah. Do you do you sense when people are like, I'm not buying what the, like this lady is? Wacko! like, And if you do sense that, what is your response to that?
3: I've been pretty lucky. You know, you get the keyboard warriors on Facebook,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: and they... You know, uh whatever, I won't repeat what they've said to me on there, and I just block them and delete them. I might have a few words if I get a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm on my high horse that day mm-hmm. um, or just ask them why are you here? Go on and follow pages that that you believe in. Um, i I don't really care. I don't care what other people think. they're not that's not part of their evolution in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Next time they might come back and and believe more. I'm really comfortable with what I do. I don't, I, I, I'm not a miracle cure for anybody. I can't read everything perfectly all of the time, um, you know, and that's okay. And people can believe me or not. And so my reaction to them, I've not really had anyone so much face to face. Of course not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's people generally out, yeah. don't like to, to yeah. do that, but I would just probably walk away or I'd keep talking about it. You know, I think one of my one of my aims in this lifetime is to normalize something that is that is promoted as abnormal because it's very normal and it's very helpful. It's really helpful. And I you know I've got a, I've got thousands of clients that have written back to me and said this has happened or that's happened or you know we fixed this or we found that or whatever it is. So I just go by that and I'm happy yeah. with that.
0: Okay.
1: Um, just a random question. Cause I, I'm excited about this. It's don't, don't get offended by this, but like, if someone's cutting down a tree and you said, you talk to trees, can you hear a tree being like, no, or like, <laughs> like what what's, what's going on there? What's the thought process behind a tree when a crew's over there chopping one down?
3: Well, I haven't actually, is that what's going on over there at the moment?
1: Not yet, but we're gonna That's have some trees taken down. Please don't judge me yeah. and don't be upset. But if yeah. you were here like sitting in my living room, would you hear a tree being screaming bloody murder? Or
3: I haven't actually uh, I haven't actually gone down that path. When you get them cut down, let me know and okay. I'll send me a photo of your tree. Okay. And I'll tell you.
0: <laughs>
1: Please. <laughs> do Why nice. not? I'd be okay. curious.
2: Great. All right. Um yeah. Rob, anything yeah. else? Well. I was thinking, you know, you ever have an animal when you're listening to them admit something about their owner that's either, like, illegal or, you know, abuse? Like, they're like, this person, you know, doesn't feed me or hits me or, I don't know, you know, something that you had to be, like, you were taken aback by, you know?
3: Yeah, I get that a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess an example of that is some years ago, I was talking to this little old dog. He's like 16 and he was moving across the country uh, to another country. And so the idea was just to, to check in with him. It's like, Can you physically at 16 years old manage three or four flights across water and, you know, into a new country and quarantine and all that st- sort of stuff? Do you understand what's going on? Are you happy with that? Can we take you or do we need to rehome you? But as before, this dog was not really interested to start with to talk about that because this lady had two young girls and one of them who I think was about seven and she was getting bullied at school mm. and she was hiding stuff under her bed and so this dog wanted to tell mum that she needed to um, find out what the secrets were of this little girl and see what she's hiding under her bed and... Um, which was writings, like a little journal or something like that. And to go to the teacher and just check out what's going on at school. And so, and that little girl was getting bullied. So wow. there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff where they um oh there's so I just can't think of examples. There's so many of them, but also, you know, there's a lot of rescue animals that I talk to where people are getting them at five years old or 10 years old mm-hmm. or whatever, and they've got issues. And they want to know a bit of the background. Well, see, animals don't really sit in the past. They're very good at being present, great teachers for us, Mm. Um, because they will show me what happened to them, um, but then that's it. They don't want to know about it anymore. And dogs particularly, they don't want to be referred to as rescues because that holds them in that energy of being, oh, here's my rescue dog. Mm -hmm. Oh, have you met Johnny? He's a rescue. And so, you know, you can imagine, and I, I use this, kind of example of if you're adopted oh here's rob he's adopted oh rob's 50 he's adopted we adopted him when he was eight weeks old oh have you met rob he's our adopted son at 40 you yeah. i need therapy um, <laughs> yeah and it's kind of because it's like we're just being hearing this rote and labeling and that's what happens with the rescue or a foster or he mm. was discarded no one wanted him you know we we kind of don't realize that our animals Feel the energy of our tone, and they're also seeing the images of what we're talking about with our friends when we introduce them. So I say to people, Don't, you know, yes, your dog's a rescue, the end. You never mention that word rescue anymore. Here's Johnny. We love him. He's a great dog. That's it.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, But I do go back and
3: yeah, yeah. I do go back and I look at, you know, there was a dog that um, was tied to a tree. Um, he was a rescue, and he had lung issues, but that's because he was never fed, and he was eating sand and had oh, inhaling oh. sand into his lungs. So we get to sort of see that kind of stuff they show us, and mm-hmm. or show me, and then then they don't want to know anymore. So like I've showed you, that's mm-hmm. it. Now mm-hmm. fix it. Now just treat me normally.
1: What is the largest animal you've ever talked to?
3: Probably a bison. I <laughs> nice. Guess, but that's actually it, my it, nickname. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs>
1: my wrestling name. I'm a pro wrestler. I don't know if you know oh, that. Right. But- no, not no, yet. No. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, but uh still <laughs> the wants, process. Yeah, wants
3: yeah. To
0: be, yeah. Yeah.
1: I get a fan base out there, they call me Big Bison. But go on. So you've talked to a bison.
0: Wow.
3: I talked, I talked to the bison and um, well, it was kind of the bison collective, if you like, just mm. to see how are you faring in this world of ours. Uh I like to just check, I like to talk to wild animals to see their perspective on. You know, stress and life and climate change and all that kind of stuff. And um, so, yeah, the bison is very kind of defeated, I would say, is the way they've got that. You know, you talk about voice, it's very deep and wise. You know, those people that just drip mm. with wis- wisdom, yes. wise and old. Mm. And they talk quite slowly and measured. Um, and, you know, they gave me a rundown on, when they're going to be extinct, and you know what what's going on with um, the food and the water and the air they breathe, which is highly toxic, and so their their hooves they're struggling with the terrain because the hooves are softening, um, struggling with the terrain and and winter particularly and summer um, for different reasons, obviously, and you know their coat and everything, everything's just really struggling to maintain the temperatures apart from you know, just feeling sick all of the time because mm-hmm. everything's so polluted. So. Okay.
1: I have two more questions. Rob, do you have
2: anything before I get into the serious questions here?
3: Oh, um,
2: I mean, I was curious if you ever go to the zoo.
3: I haven't been to a zoo for a long time. I sort of, I struggle with that, you know, the, yeah.
2: uh, it has to be depressing, I would assume. That's what. That's why yeah. I wanted to ask. I figured they'd be like, "Let me yeah. the hell out of here," you know? Like yeah, prison.
3: Very much. Unless they're born in the zoo. If they're mm. born in the zoo, they don't know. They've still got that innateness of whatever their thing is. But um, yeah, it is depressing. It's like you know. I went to there was a there's a sanctuary up far north Queensland, and it's beautifully maintained. And they bring in injured animals and animals that have been try you know people have tried to care for them as humans but you know fed them the wrong thing and now they can't live in the wild type of stuff it's an absolutely magnificent facility and i wanted to go in there and check on all of them so we had um koalas and we had a an eagle that had a broken wing and there were some emus and dingoes and um, cassowary which are these magnificent beautiful Mm. uh, birds here and um you know, so there's two cassowaries in this great enclosure that's got um, a water feature, you know, like a pool thing and tropical jungle sort of stuff, but it's not a big area because they just, they've just they only got so much space. And these they're, they're kind of the shape of an emu, I guess, or an ostrich, mm. two legs, and they just run, they just go. Um, one of these had been in there for 30 years, something like that, and the other one had been there for quite some time. And she she was fine. She's like, oh yeah, you know this is they're great. They look after us well. We get fed what we need to feed. And the other one is just pacing and edgy. And it's like he hated it. He'd rather die mm. than be there. And same as the eagle, the eagle that had broken its wing that couldn't survive out there. He's like, I'd rather die than be in here. I do not want to be in here. And then there's the, there were three dingoes and one dingo's because they would use the dingoes for education for the kids that come through from schools and you know, go and learn about dingoes. And um, one of them just loved that. They loved, he loved his job. His job was to be a part of the education process for the kids, mm-hmm. loved it. The other one didn't care mm-hmm. either way and the other one didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of, it's it's a mixed bag. Um,
1: Here's my question for you. Yes. Steve Irwin, big name over there, right? I'm mm-hmm. assuming, yeah. right? <laughs> the stingray that took Steve Irwin's life. Yeah. Does that stingray still exist? Could you talk to that stingray?
3: Oh yeah, I could.
1: And do you think that stingray is walking around with any a guilt, any thoughts at all, or is it is he a stud in his world, or is it strictly (laughs) business?
2: Probably dead, but I don't know how long. Rob,
1: please let her work. (laughs) Number one is the stingray alive.
3: Not feeling that Stingray is still alive.
1: Okay. Do you feel any remorse from the stingray?
3: Stingray was doing stingray things.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's it. Doesn't even think about it. It's over.
3: That's that's probably a very long thought.
1: hmm Oh, really? Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's like yep. what do you want me to say? That's gotcha. what we do. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um this is so i'm going to ask you this question because we actually have a guest coming up in may is bigfoot real <laughs> because we have oh, a guy i can't from
3: wait K- for this guest yeah he's okay. from the kentucky
1: bigfoot research center and uh this is the real deal i mean do you yeah. want to burst his bubble now or do you want to support it what are we thinking talk to me
3: oh gee do i I don't know if I want to answer that.
0: Oh,
1: (laughs) it's
3: like it's like preempting something. Do you you know what
0: the world right now?
3: Yeah, let me just see what I'm supposed to say because there's something, there's something. Okay, the words I'm getting. There's something mysterious about the mystery Mm -hmm. of it, and not that anyone's going to believe anything I say. Like, you know, there's 99% of the world are naysayers, so they'll just be going, oh, yeah, she's full of shit. But I, I'm just hearing that uh, I'm actually getting a sense of of it, but I'm just being told that be be careful of what you say to disappoint people
1: Is or to you this?
3: excite people.
1: Okay. You're getting me all riled up now. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you saying right now?
3: <laughs> it's like the Loch Ness monster isn't it isn't yeah. real do we just kind of live with the mystery of not knowing
1: so you wonder? know so you know right now
3: well I get a sense of what I what I'm being shown okay all
1: right so Bigfoot's real is what you say. <laughs> we That's, we'll find out we'll find out, out someday maybe we'll have both <laughs> of you on I don't know But you did make a good point. Like, 99% of the population here are naysayers, and they think you're probably just being full of shit. Um, But you're not letting that stop you. What is one thing, if you could give advice to all the humans, you know, all of us out there, right? What can we do? If we can do our part All right, first of all, you said the bison was talking about when they could possibly be extinct. Are we doomed like when you're talking to these animals and stuff, do they know that we're, we're fucking up a lot of stuff here? Oh, yeah. Is there a way to change these things or is it too late?
3: I I fight with that every day in my head and I fight with the, what is the point? Why am I doing this? There is right. no point. I'm There are no changes being made. We are so, we're so arrogant and just mm-hmm. crucifying the world yeah. because it's not how we, you know, you uh, go back to the shamans and and those ancient traditions. Um, they know this stuff. They know that we are all one kind of consciousness and one one energy. We you, they are the masters at it, and we are we're too arrogant to think that animals, trees, the environment, you know, the natural world is equal to us. Mm-hmm. So like humans are here, and everything else are just bottom dwellers. Right. Um, that bothers me a lot look i think and every time i think i'm going to give this world up because it's really too hard and i want more than what i what i'm doing i want to do more than i am um i have the animals like come to me in my sleep all like all of them and they're like don't give up on us just like what be the ripple be a ripple and another little ripple can go out and and we can do something we can save someone somewhere somehow. So the animals are very aware of what we are doing. Mm. You know, and the octopus, they are angry. Octopus is pissed off. Oh yeah. They're super, super
1: smart.
3: They are very smart. And um I just I can't I can't even remember the words they use, but they're basically yelling at me because there was a guy on um well I don't actually know if it was a guy at all, but there was a person on Instagram a couple of years ago that had this, uh, its like a science thing, and he had um, a fa- fun fact, octopus eat their arms. Mm. And I thought, oh, I'm going to ask the octopus about that and see how they feel about mm. and why. Why do you eat your arms and that kind of stuff? Um, now, I don't really remember too much about that whole part of it because that was the point of it, but they were, they were just so angry with the um, pollution and the oil in the water and the lack of food and um the temperature, like I, I was sitting there while I was communicating with this um octopus, sweating, like I was so hot as I was trying to feel into him. And this was the water temperature. And he's like, clean up the oceans and get your ships to port, like get out of the ocean. And even the whales, like um, the humpbacks that I, I went whale watching uh, last year and was just checking in on them to see what was going on and um the vibration of the ships like this constant vibration through the oceans that is affecting them mm-hmm. and their you know their digestive systems and things like that but also how they their sonar systems how they see and feel themselves in the water and where they are and all that kind of stuff so and the great white you know there's so many shark shark attacks going on in WA that's someone asked me to ask them why um you know, it's like the, the, the axis of the earth has tilted so minutely that you couldn't record it, um, but it's changed their migratory channels and they're coming closer to shore. Um, but it's also getting warmer. The water's getting warmer. There's less food for them. Um, and, but let's kill the sharks because, they're, mm. because humans have a right to swim at that beautiful beach. Wow. They don't have a right to feed in it, but we have a right. To, and they're, they're competitive. It's so like they see, feel something and the way that a human tastes to a shark, I can't describe it. There are no words. But if you can think of the most repulsive taste ever mm-hmm. and multiply that by ten, that's how we taste to them. They don't hunt us down just because we they want to eat us. So I don't know. I think we just have to keep doing something.
2: Mm-hmm. Are we
3: doomed? Kind of. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I kind of we're not agree. doing we're not
3: doing great work there are people making great inroads but there's a long way to go and we can't change the mentality of 90 percent of the population which doesn't give a shit
1: you know it's true too because like I go to the ocean you know we go to the beach right I'm played in the ocean I'm like wow this is beautiful this is nice right but are they like dude get the fuck out of here right like are they like we're just like some dirty thing that's not supposed to be in there and just <laughs> we're in their world just being a bunch of dickheads is that how they look at us or are yeah, they welcoming? Yeah. You know, all these beach balls, you know, these these hipsters, right? I love surfing. I love doing all that stuff. Is that a selfish, in reality, like, is that a selfish thing that we're doing? Like, are we messing with their flow when, you know, Rob and his little hipster friends are surfing on the ocean? You can, you can tell the truth.
3: I think surfing is kind of a bit more in flow, um, but at your own risk, you know, because you're part of the the uh, the thrill of the chase, but you know it's the sunscreens that are that are getting into the coral and and the oceans and you mm-hmm. know and the fish and they're eating the big fish eating the little fish and so you know I think we can we can harmonise, but we need to be smart about it.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so Rob's just, not a complete scumbag.
3: I don't
2: even surf,
1: so. <laughs> I wish I could. Like,
3: well, then you are definitely not a Mm -hmm, scumbag—a beach scumbag.
1: That's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. All right, Um, Rob. Any questions before I ask my famous last one? Or
2: I don't know. I mean, I think this has been great. This has been great. Enjoyed This... this.
1: There's so much more that we can do. But, you know, thank you so much for coming on here. Is there anything that you want to promote or anything? That you, how do If I want to get in touch with you, I listen to this podcast. And, of course, millions of listeners out there are listening to this, right? <laughs> or they will be. Trust me now.
3: You know, you know, I said that 99% of the population are naysayers. I'm sorry. This might be the zero people watching podcast for you.
1: No, trust me. <laughs> They're gonna love it <laughs> or they're literally.
3: just going oh what is this freak yeah i want to watch that one that's or, weird
1: or they're gonna say you know what i'm gonna tune in and listen to the bigfoot guy because i want to know i want to know what the hell's going on and then we're gonna have you both on and then we're gonna duke it out okay Duke it out um, yeah but is there anything that you want to promote how do i get in touch with you if i'm listening to this where can i find more information you get any books you get any merchandise hit me with it
3: oh yeah uh well thank you for having me this of has course. been an absolute blast good um i don't think anyone's asked me this many questions i love it Good. That's huh. good. Um, I am in the middle of writing a book. So, no, I don't have a completed book, but my website um, or the Facebook page will take you everywhere you need to go. The Holistic Animal Health Coach or RomyBueller.com is my website, but then you need to know how to spell my name. So, you know, that's a tricky thing. Got
1: one question for you. Yeah. Do you like grilling?
3: <laughs> grilling is in a barbecue.
1: Yes. So you do. You mentioned barbecue.
3: Barbecues.
1: You use tools, you know, utensils, that kind of stuff? Yeah. You like seasonings? Yes. What if I told you that there is a place that even you in Australia can go on and get some authentic American-made, Texas-made seasonings, utensils, all of your grilling gear essentials. Was that something you'd be interested in?
3: Well, we've got so many utensils, it's ridiculous. Um, but seasonings,
1: Mm -hmm. sauces, maybe hot sauce, barbecue, you name it. Well, you're in the right place and I'm going to tell you why, because if you go on to (laughs) www.grillyourassoff.com, all of those things are there for you. Even if you don't want to buy anything right now, or let's say you want a t-shirt or something, right? It's all there for you. They have all the apparel. If you go on their site and at checkout, you put in promo code reality tonic, which is the reality tonic podcast, Mm -hmm. as of course, you know, if you type in reality tonic, you get 15% off your order. Did you know that? Sweet. Well, you got to know that now. And guess what? The Mm -hmm. best part, the best part of this whole thing is you can continuously put in that promo code, right? You buy a t-shirt, then you go, oh, wait, I want to get some hot sauce for a friend of mine, right? You go back on there, you put in the promo code again. It's never ending okay and it's people like you globally that are going to be purchasing this stuff and you put in that promo code and then uh you reap the benefits of american made hot sauce and i hope you're excited about that just like i am (laughs) all right so log on to www.grillyourassoff.com for all your grilling essential needs and i thank you so much for coming on And um, I think we're ready to sign off, Rob, are you cool with that?
2: Yeah, it's been a great chat. And,
1: okay. uh,
3: yeah.
0: So that's it.
1: Thanks so this- for
3: having me. Awesome. Of course.
0: Wake up to reality, to reality.